Welcome to the Hannah Miller Show. And here she is, Hannah Miller. Outspokenly conservative and unashamedly Christian. This is Hannah Miller, and this is what happened this week. So I actually want to give an update. We, we have to talk about the FBI. And we need to talk about what's been going on, what's happening. So today I'm going to give kind of a brief, uh, a very brief overview of the FBI, a little bit of their history and their original purpose and where they're at now, what their funding is like now, what what that looks like. And then we're going to talk about what's been going on recently, just one or two things because there's a lot. And we're going to wrap up about what we should do and if the FBI is, of course, we're going to ask the question we always ask, is the FBI constitutional? Is the United States having a Federal Bureau of Investigation constitutional? And if it is or is not, what should we do about it? So, We'll get to all of that. So let's just start off this week, and we're going to settle here for the entire show today. Um, This is what I want to talk about. So the Federal Bureau of Investigation was founded on July 26th in 1908. Its original purpose was to investigate criminals who evaded justice by crossing over state lines. That's where they started. Since then, the FBI has divided its investigations into a number of programs, such as domestic and international terrorism, foreign counterintelligence, cybercrime, public corruption, civil rights, organized crime, drugs, uh, white-collar crime, violent crimes, and major offenders. The FBI is an agency now with virtually unlimited resources. Its appropriations have increased 93% in inflation-adjusted terms from 2001 to 2017. That's just since 2001 to 2017. 93% increase with inflation adjusted terms. The White House is asking nearly $11 billion in appropriations for fiscal year 2023, more than a quarter of the entire Justice Department's budget. The FBI is staffed with 35,000 people and boasts 56 domestic field offices, 350 resident agencies located in smaller cities, and 50 international offices. The Bureau's spying and hacking capabilities are second to none. Unfortunately, the FBI has proven itself to be irretrievably politically motivated. The recent raid on Mar-a-Lago and looking the other way regarding Hunter Biden's laptop are just two semi-recent examples. According to documents obtained by USA Today in 2013, The FBI gave its informant permission to break the law at least 5,658 times in a single year. Of course, this lawbreaking is under the guise of enforcing the law, but nevertheless, according to the documents, and I quote, agents authorized 15 crimes a day on average, including everything from buying and selling illegal drugs to bribing government officials and plotting robberies, end quote. Let's go to this very week. When the FBI notified notified two men of warrants for their arrests in relation to protesting outside of abortion clinics and violating the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act after blocking an entrance to a clinic in Mount Juliet in July. If convicted, both men face up to 11 years in prison. This is why why this story really honed in for me because I know a couple of men who are actually friends with these two men. Uh, I'm, my family has been very active in the pro-life movement all of my life, so I have a lot of friends who are involved in this, and I know a couple of guys who are personal friends with these 
two men, one in particular. And the FBI calls them these 11 men and women. It's just how this situation was approached this week has really and truly been beyond the pale. And I I have not been able to determine all the specific details of the supposed blockade because the only articles and information that I could find were the write-ups that the far-left media has done. And so the the terminology that they use and the things that they say is obviously slanted, and it's very unclear as to how this all went down. Because when they say, you know, it, they had they created a blockade and prevented an employee and a client from entering the building, well, what do they mean by that? I mean, when you use the word blockade, that makes me think that they linked up arms and they, you know, prevented people from being able to enter the building. But is that exactly what happened? Or were they just standing out on the sidewalk and attempted to give them uh, some pamphlets and information about abortion and about pro-life options? I don't know. And there's, and I have not been able to find information on that. It, But the entirety of this situation, it consisted of about 11 people conspiring on Facebook, oh so secretive, and I use that word conspiring sarcastically, to protest outside of a clinic. And then they stopped an employee and client from entering the building. And and I don't really care. It was either by simply stopping them to share pro-life material with them or by locking arms and blocking the entrance. I'm not sure, but either way, there was no violent interaction, okay? There's no violent interaction. So yeah, They broke the FACE Act, but does it really call for 11 years in prison and up to $250,000 in fines? Is that that what we, we really think that's justice there? Meanwhile, over 70 pregnancy centers have been attacked this summer, including one being firebombed and burnt to a crisp on the inside. Yet not a single arrest has been made, nor has an investigation even been launched that I know about. Maybe there has been, and I've totally missed it, but I looked and I didn't see one. Okay? So if that's happened, I I would love for somebody to send me that information and I will update this. But as far as I know and that I've seen, there has not been an investigation launched by the FBI. Clearly, unequal justice is taking place here. The FBI also used counterterrorism tools against parents who opposed, quote, educational, end quote, policies such as CRT, masking, and LGBTQ-related propaganda in schools. Furthermore, as with nearly every major terrorist attack or school shooting where the attacker was known to the FBI, they never seem to be there for us when we need them. And that was so eloquently pointed out by Daniel Horowitz in an article this week. Oh, and then five years later, we still have no report from the FBI on the motive behind the largest mass shooting in American history, which took place in Las Vegas. No, no information on that. It's been memory hold. And then, as Daniel Horowitz also pointed out in that article, quote, after everything we know about the FBI's behavior, how is it not a greater threat to liberty than any external enemy? What does he mean by this, though? What, what, what does that mean? Horowitz is referring to how our founding fathers opposed a standing army. Horowitz quoted James Madison's warning to fellow Americans, quote, A standing military force with an overgrown executive will not not long be safe companions to liberty. 
end quote. Madison argued, based on examples from Europe, that, quote, the means of defense against foreign danger have been always the instruments of tyranny at home, end quote. Madison was concerned with an army directed at external enemies. But here, Horowitz asked the question we should all be asking ourselves. Could Madison have imagined the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world directing all its technology and weaponry at domestic affairs rather than external affairs? And this question begins to point us toward the heart of the issue, which is stated clearly by Joe Wolverton in an article he wrote back in 2016, eight years ago, before even so many of these recent atrocities occurred. Wolverton said this. He said, quote, The larger question, the constitutional question, you see, that's what we're all about here. The constitutional question is why does the federal government have an armed police force with nearly unlimited authority at home and abroad and with the power to conduct most of its work in secret beyond the oversight of the American people whose interest they ostensibly serve? That is the question. Put simply, is the FBI constitutional? No, as a matter of fact. The Constitution does not assign this responsibility to the federal government, which means intelligence gathering and law enforcement fall under Amendment 10, which states this, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. Therefore, since intelligence gathering and law enforcement are not prohibited from the states or the people within the Constitution, that means the responsibilities held by the FBI fall under the purview of the states and the American people. So, the answer here really is that the FBI should be completely disbanded. It's an unconstitutional agency with a very checkered history, to be completely honest. And as Wolverton said and Madison feared, it is a persistent threat to freedom. As Ron Paul recently said in an interview, quote, it wouldn't be easy to eliminate the alphabet agencies because there are so many special interests involved, so much money involved, and so much power involved, end quote. So no, it won't be easy. But, but just because it's hard doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. There is no function of the FBI that cannot be performed by either local law enforcement or a private sector entity. What did we do before the FBI was established in 1908? Anybody know? What did we do? We had the Pinkertons, which was financed by major businesses and, in, and industrialists due to the unreliability of local, partisan, metropolitan police. And they became a de facto national detective and policing service. In other words, they did what the FBI does, but their services were privatized. In the meantime, the ultimate goal of disbanding the FBI, in the meantime, the creation of state guards as a deterrent against federal overreach would be a perfect tool. Horowitz advocates for this frequently in his, on his podcast, in his writings. This is something he's talked about frequently. And I'm, I'm in agreement with him on this. It is time for states to take twofold action 
to protect ourselves from federal overreach. One, states must stop sucking off the hind tit of the federal government's dollar. We must cut off the, all the federal money because federal money means federal obligations and the Fed is going down fast, morally and financially. Drastic? Drastic, you say? I hear it. I hear it. Oh, that's so drastic, Hannah. And you're all kind of backing away and your hands are coming up. I can see you right now. No doubt. But hear me. When the choice is either jump ship or go down with it, you better believe that I'm cutting the lifeboat free. Once free of federal money, the feds cannot make demands of us. Second, a state guard or, may I say, local militia, will help ward off runaway agencies such as the FBI, the IRS, and the rest of the alphabet agencies and protect state citizens from federal overreach. And, nay, let me just say it the way it is. Federal persecution. Look, our federal government is not our friend. Maybe, maybe you don't like for me to call them our enemy, but to be honest, I don't really know what else to call them. They're actively targeting parents as domestic terrorists. They are neglecting to investigate real crimes. They're protecting criminals such as the Clintons and the Bidens. I believe in the word of God, upon which our constitution was written. And God's word demands the innocent go free and the wicked be held to account. And anyone who disagrees with that disagrees with a just and holy God, and I dare say is the enemy of both my God and my country. Therefore, I will consider them my enemy. And that means we have got to stop taking our enemy's money. And we've got to stop asking our enemy to protect us. That's insanity. <laughs> that's, that's insanity. It's time to cut the lifeboats free from the sinking federal government. Just because they're going down doesn't mean we've got to go down with them. This is Bob at Bob Sloan Audio Productions, the producer of this and many other podcasts. If you or someone you know would like to learn more about how to create, record, and distribute a podcast, contact me at bobsloan.com. That's B-O-B-S-L-O-N-E dot com. And we'll discuss getting your podcast on the air. Lastly, let me just say this. I know this all sounds doom and gloom, but government overreach and corruption has been around since the first known governments were established. And, and I know we're all looking around and, and we're thinking, how did we get here? And this is so bad and there's just so much corruption and this wasn't how it used to be. And, and we're so filled with discouragement. But here's the reality. The reality is that our founding fathers expected it. They hoped against it, but they expected it. They knew how governments conducted themselves. It would not surprise them that our federal government and its agencies are power-hungry and lawless. It's exactly why they crafted our founding documents as they did. So don't be disheartened. The Constitution not only attempts to protect us from where we are now, which is where we find ourselves because we didn't follow it to begin with. But the Constitution also gives us a way out because of all the powers granted to the people. You see, 
The powers granted to the states and to the American people in the Constitution were never legally removed. They were never taken away. They were simply stolen, which means we can take them back. I'm talking about defunding and disbanding the, the FBI, along with most of the other alphabet agencies, and assigning their responsibilities to the states and the people, cutting financial ties with the federal government, and establishing a state militia. Will it be difficult? Absolutely. But difficult is better than the death of the greatest form of government ever established. Does it sound radical? Sure. I get it. It, it, it does sound radical. But tweaking agencies that are unconstitutional to begin with will only postpone the inevitable. If we don't deal with these unconstitutional agencies and our rogue federal government today, then our children will have to live under their tyrannical thumb. And as Thomas Paine said, I prefer peace, but if trouble must come, let it come in my time so that my children can live in peace. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I, I do what I do with politics. Because I want my children to grow up in an America that's free. Because I, I want to resolve the issues that we have. Now, I want to make, I want to do the hard things so that my kids don't have to. And these things seem radical and drastic and difficult. And I get that. But this ship of state is teetering over the edge. And we got to do something. And it's within our bounds to do these things. And I would rather us and me do it and allow my, so that my children can grow up in an America that is prosperous and free. That's what I want for them. That's why I'm here. That's why I do this. That's why I say we cannot kick this can down the road any longer. We never should have. So that's my talk about the FBI. I'll leave you all with that. And I hope that some of this, and, and really this comes down to, and I don't mean to be, I don't want to be trite and simplistic, but these things really do come down to simple answers. Difficult to enact, but pretty simple answers. And in uh, an interview I did with my dad probably a year and a half ago, maybe, uh, maybe more, and I should probably do it on this podcast because I don't think I've done it on this podcast. Maybe I did in the beginning, but anyway. I talked about New Zealand and New Zealand coming to a this cutoff point where it was basically we're going to go we're our country is going to totally spiral and we're going to lose everything or we have to make some really drastic decisions and they decided to make the really drastic decisions and they were able to totally turn their country and their economy around and it was an amazing thing because it's one of the only examples that I know of where leadership was willing to do what it took to save the country versus trying to maintain their power and go down with the ship because that's what most governments and those in positions of power try to do. And so I, I make that point, though, to say that that's, that's kind of where we're at today. 
That's where you and I are at here in the United States. And we have to make, decisions have to be made. And for us, it's about pointing, appointing, voting in leaders, men and women who understand the times that we live in and understand that drastic measures have to be taken if we're going to save this thing. And so I don't want to be trite and I don't want to seem simplistic. Um, but these are the things, the answers are simple. They're just hard to rally people around. They're hard to enact. Um, there's, they're hard because there's a lot of lies and misinformation out there about some of these things. And we've also been so ingrained with the need for all of these agencies. We've been, you know, taught to believe these things. These organizations have been romanticized, particularly the FBI and the CIA have been romanticized throughout history so that we have a, you know, this view of the FBI that is very uh, through rose-colored glasses. We really view them through rose-colored glasses. And a lot of these alphabet agencies uh, that we've talked about, that I've mentioned, and that we, you know, you and I are very aware of. But the reality is, is that they are unconstitutional. And we can privatize those things. And that's what New Zealand discovered. When they turned their country around, they were able to cut out. They were able to privatize so much. And when you went back years later and you talked to contractors who were doing the same thing in the private you know, circuit as they did in the public, as they, they did the same thing, you know, paving roads, they used to do it for the government, now they do it for a private business. And, and their statements were things like, well, I now make three times as much and I can do it in one-sixth of the time because there's so much less bureaucratic red tape. So a lot of these things that we've been taught to believe that are the responsibility of the government or that the federal government has to do is simply not true. We've just never looked at it and considered what it would look like if the government didn't do those things. So anyway, that's, that's what I have to say about the, the FBI and a lot of these other alphabet agencies. I hope you think about it and consider some of, all, some of this um, and don't think I'm too crazy for saying that these agencies have no business being federally funded in the United States and they should be disbanded because they're unconstitutional. Thank you for listening to The Hannah Miller Show. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Productions. If you'd like to find out more about Hannah or to schedule her for a speaking event, go to her website, thehannamillershow.com.